0: This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome.
1: Hey, Village Church, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And Pastor Michael, the question that's been submitted today, I don't know if it's from an insider inside a village church or someone who listens to our podcast, but I think it's an excellent question, especially when we think about setting goals and things uh, of that nature here in a new year. So here's the question, what is your vision for Village Church in five years? So as we look yeah. into the future, what do you as lead pastor
0: see for Village Church? A lot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a couple tensions in vision. So number one is every year we get to the end of a year and every year I, I look back and even though we set goals, And most of those goals get met because Mm -hmm. we're very intentional about setting and meeting goals. I am genuinely blown away about all the extra things that God did in that year. And then there's the reality of long-term vision, which the future is very hard to get your head around. Uh, Past six months, I have a hard time seeing past that. Now, as I say that, God has, over the last two years, taught me a really important lesson. And the lesson goes like this. If you don't pray for something, it likely won't happen. And if you don't plan for something, it definitely won't happen. Definitely won't happen. So uh, in 2013, uh, I went to California, and I walked the beaches of Crystal Cove for an entire week. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. It was like 12, 14, 16-hour days of walking, running, praying. I think I went 60 miles. Wow. And uh, I got to the end of that week, and I had made a five-year vision, a 2017 vision for Village Church because it was 2014, 15, 16, 17. Uh, no, it was 2012. I'm sorry. Okay, 2012. I'm wrong. Um, anyways. So, uh, yeah. So it was 20. Yeah. So there we go. The 26, 2012. And uh, I'm looking at the document that I wrote. So I wrote this vision out and I'll, I'll read to you the vision. And I and I asked God to do these things. Now, what's interesting is it was in my notes on my iPhone, which it, it got pushed all the way down to the bottom of my notes. And it wasn't actually too long ago that I went through and reorganized all my notes all the way back to when the iPhones launched and okay. I started taking notes. And uh, I found this vision and this was from 2012, my five-year vision for Village Church, plant or multi-site, two churches. Wow. Uh, crystal clear and measurable path of assimilation and discipleship from the ground up. Mm. Right. Which at the time we were really struggling with that. Sure. Sure. Pastoral staff overseeing part time and full time ministry directors because I was the only guy on staff. That's right. Back then you were the Bethany, only yeah. who was running the office, and it was just me. Uh, a music ministry that is robust and is beginning to record music, which mm. which we started that two years ago, and then we're looking to two thousand end of 2017-18 to begin that process sure. again. Um, a discipleship and a worship pastor. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, interesting. So I pray these prayers, and uh, and I walk away from this, and I, I it, it goes to the bottom of my notes. But here's the crazy thing. The Lord heard it in 2012, and every single thing that I asked God for, He came through on mm, Yeah. I wonder, actually, if I had not prayed that prayer, taken that week to pray over this, uh, and, and again, like, Five-year visions, you put them down, you write them, you pray over them, you walk away. Well, 2013, um, I did the same thing. And uh, I, I wasn't even probably paying attention to my 2012 vision at the same time, but I had a 2017 vision. For some reason in my brain, 2017 for Village Church was kind of a landmark year where the mm-hmm. Lord just said, you know, go there, pray about this kind of stuff. So I went back to California. You know, I go every year. I right. take a week. I pray. Mm-hmm. I walk. And um, and and I ask God to give me just kind of vision and direction. And and so I went in 2013, and here's what here's what came out. Um, Number one was a kid's focus for local evangelism. Mm-hmm. Hire a children's director. Um, and and as you know, like from 2013 to 2015, our ministry to kids in our community exploded. Yeah, it, was, right. it was amazing. It and I started just praying for this. And God was like, yeah, we'll do that. And then a children's director part-time and then full-time. And the Lord just blessed that. And uh, an- another one is um, growth vision. This was interesting. There's no reason I wrote why the Village Church cannot hit the 350-person mark within a year or two or three, but definitely by 2017. (laughs) Now, I got to be clear why I prayed for this. Yeah. Because there are... There are, depending on your building and your resources, et cetera, there are certain numerical marks and financial marks that make ministry a lot easier and Mm -hmm. fruitful. So if you have a building that fits 600, but your church is 150, that building actually becomes a burden. It is a burden for you. You you have more capacity. And I was looking at more of the resources God had given us and said, we have capacity for this. So my prayer was, God, would you fill up our church with people so that we can reach the capacity that, that our facilities had created for us. This sure. wasn't like a, we want to get bigger. You know, it was like, no, we actually have capacity in this. And by 2017, we obviously exceeded that. Um, I had a vision for a worship pastor. And um, obviously that was something that was a big burden. But for me, that was just a forever, a long way thing. Mm-hmm. And God provided mm-hmm. that in 2016, um, a building vision that we would create spaces for people and renovate the entire church, renovate our children's ring wing, be debt free, renovate our sanctuary, all of which has happened by 2016 or will happen probably by the first half of 2017. 2017 yeah. My point in saying this is longer than our, I know our podcast is like, we're like, let's make this an eight minute one. I'm talking about <laughs> vision. It's probably not that easy. My point in this is that uh, sometimes we throw out these prayers and I have learned that God hears every small prayer, even the ones I forget about. Sure. And he reminds me of them sometimes years down the road. Mm-hmm. So without planning and without prayer, I don't, be, I don't believe Village Church would have seen these things happen had we not planned for them and had we not prayed for them. And so every year we get in front of our church, we give them a vision for that year. But long-term, um, I've always had a picture of what I think Village Church is capable of long-term. And so you and me, Tim, we've talked yes. quite a bit about Walking away from the megachurch mentality, building yes. a huge auditorium. We don't have a desire to do that. Right. Even when we look at the money, it's not even feasible. Sure. So, you know, we grew by 19 or 20% in 2015, 26% in 2016. I don't know if that'll continue to happen or not. But if that happens in three years, it would be a 1,000 people, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's bigger than our facilities can handle. So the question for us is do we build a bigger building or do we think differently about how we send people out? Correct. So uh, we put our vision under three categories. So I'm just going to give a very brief picture of my Mm -hmm. five-year vision for the church. And right now, I'm going to give the big picture stuff. But I'll be honest, secretly, between you and me, there are things that I really want to see happen. And they're very specific. Sure. And I'm already praying for. Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't tell people, and I'm not going to tell them here. (laughs) Because it's between me and the Lord. And there are things that I kind of start and put into motion with a goal, you know? Yep. And and so, anyways, but big picture is we're going multi-site. And my dream is that within five years, we could start or help churches restart with the Village Church DNA and culture, um, because what we found is that in this season, in this moment, it has become a life-giving culture for many people. Yeah,
1: it's a life-giving approach to doing church that God is blessing. Mm -hmm. God is bringing and doing things that we're just thankful for.
0: Yep. And we're not the end all and be all. We're not the most important church in the world. We're claro, not a right. mega church, nope. um, but God's been really good to us and people, disciples are being made. And so uh, what we're seeing around us is, is the local evangelical church is desperate and struggling, mm-hmm. not all, but by and large, it's a, it's an enormous trend. Sure. And so rather than having all these churches die or walk a long, slow path to their death, um, if we can intervene and help and, and, and maybe our, Maybe God's going to shift this vision that they won't be village churches, but we can just come alongside of them and help breathe new life into them. Whatever it is, I think we just have a a big burden to see the local evangelical church thrive and grow in in the communities around Chicago. Number two would be to grow small. Uh, yes. To resist this mega church mentality. Oh, yes. And to figure out how to create smaller communities. So, when people come to Village Church, they're like, How many people like are here You know, every Sunday? And we tell them how many people are here. They're like, Wow, I thought it was a lot smaller than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not we bloating want, the numbers. Yeah, we just... want
1: to feel, we want to make the church feel small because as the church feels small, it's connected to one another. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with mega churches, mm-hmm. some people thrive in that. But what we're experiencing is that, that discipleship happens through the local church's
0: relationship with one another, Absolutely. people with one another. Yep. And I think most young guys at some point or another really want to be a megachurch pastor. And I've watched the misery um, and the, <laughs> the frustration of yeah. so many of my megachurch buddies, like watch them, whether they're in lead pastor roles or not, it is really hard. Um, if the Lord asks you or I to do that, fine, we'll walk that path. Sure. It's not my dream. Uh, my dream is to grow the kingdom, not my church. Mm-hmm. And if we can grow smaller churches that are able to love communities and bring the gospel in measurable ways there, um, that would be great. But the megachurch has its role. I'm not anti-megachurch. I'm just no, saying we're not. it's it's just a matter of whether or not that is what, like is what, God what doing we're working us for. At Village Church yep. seems to be smaller rather than larger. Yep. So really, that really does drive. Like, how are we creating smaller environments? How are we pushing people into community groups? How are we pushing the idea of church planting? Mm-hmm. Um, how are we um, preparing and encouraging our people to leave with our next church plant that's going? All those are a part of growing small. And then finally, number three is is we are committed to caring for and making disciples. That I know that is like okay, you're supposed to say that. You're supposed to say that. But doggone it, um, if we have not done a exponentially better job in five years of caring for people and really measurably mm-hmm. growing disciples, right? then I'm just going to be really disappointed if we build a crowd.
1: Yeah. And that's what, that's what we're not, we're not hoping to build a crowd. Yeah. We're hoping to build disciples. Yeah. That is the great commission is not to build a crowd. Yep build disciples, make
0: disciples. And if the crowd, if there is a crowd that comes, you can't stop a crowd. No. You can accommodate a crowd, but my emphasis won't be on the crowd. I want my emphasis to be on moving the crowd to disciples. And again, we don't have a crowd. Like, that's not like, again, I I don't want it like, our audience sometimes can, if you're not, if you've never been to Village Church, you can think because we have a daily Q and A podcast and our production, thank you, Dan, is like pretty <laughs> awesome. You could think we actually are bigger than we are, and we're we're a normal small to medium sized church, right. like we're just medium sized yeah. church. And um, but so we we set aside some metrics because I think these are important for people to understand, and our church is going to hear about these regularly. But um, th- the principle of weekly worship, oh yes, may sound like such a ridiculous thing, but the The average evangelical Christian goes to church 2.5 times per month, and that's going down. Yeah, it is. It is going down, not going up. And, And I understand vacations and travel. I get some of that. I get the demands of work and whatnot, but to... Put corporate worship as a fundamental priority because even before the church, corporate weekly worship amongst the Jews, amongst God's people, has been of utmost priority. It's always been a priority in God's Word. stops for it. Um, Number two would be just personal disciplines. The amount of mature, quote-unquote, Christians who don't read the Bible barely at all, Um, the people who are in leadership and serving and all this stuff, and the Bible is an option for them and praying is what So Bible study and prayer, honestly, like my – My commitment is to see and to do whatever I can. And I know you're the discipleship pastor. So Mm -hmm, it's like, this mm -hmm. is like, I mean, we're in this together and you're taking the lead on this, but my commitment is that, is that we would make this as helpful and easy as possible. And we would put, we would just resource them in any way we can to make this
1: possible. Make it easy for them. And it goes back to the Sunday school song that kids learned probably years ago. I'm not sure they learn it anymore, but it's, if you want to, if you want to grow, you read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. It's kind of true. It's 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 like, like, it's God's
0: antidote for uh, sin and selfishness and
1: lies. (laughs) It's pretty a simple approach to discipleship, but it's an approach that often gets pushed away because of the business, busyness of their life. So what we're trying to do is just make it easy for people to
0: do the basic things of discipleship so they can grow. So they can grow. Number three is community group engagement. Again, this is like, the stats on people who are not connected to a community group or a small group who inevitably fall away from church, are yeah, overwhelming. The, there's something about weekly fellowship because here's the reality. In the first century church, they would have combined what we now call small groups and corporate worship. Yes. In America, we've divided the two and people think that because they go to weekly church, they're actually fellowshipping. They are to a degree, but to this some is... a degree, but not but to but the there is deeper a deeper degree. Right. And in community groups, people are cared for, prayed for, encouraged. They go deeper into oh, sermons. Yeah. They, that's where like the meat of fellowship happens and so it's just a priority that we're gonna just double up on and say Mm -hmm. like this is this is just fundamental Christians Connect with other Christians and right. study and pray. Number four is giving irrationally and generously and regularly. Giving is just what Christians do. This is this is this is like the non-negotiable being sure. a follower of Christ. The two point three or three percent average, or now for some churches it's like four percent average giving mm-hmm. for evangelicals. I'm just gonna put it on the table. That's insane. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You know, yeah.
1: Jesus said, "Where your treasure is, there your heart yeah. will be
0: also." And I, I tell people all the time, if you think I want your money, I don't care where no, you give it away. No. Give it away. Give it away. Find people. Find people who are in need. Find uh, 501c3 nonprofit Christian organizations that you support. I mean, if you think we want your money and that our giving sermons are just like make our income go up, then don't play our game. And we're not the health and wealth preachers who are like, put your seed money in our (laughs) church and it'll grow a hundredfold. Like, that's not the point. We give. Because that's what Christians do. Yeah, exactly. It's just there. So finally, serving, attend one, serve one every week. You be sure, you should be serving someplace once a week. That's like minimal. Mm-hmm. So yes. in my brain, here's what like my vision is. So in a busy world, uh, the new money. Is time. Here's what I mean. Yes. Pastors would get up and they'd preach sermons on money. People are like, I don't like your sermon on money. I have never had someone criticize me no. uh, uh, by giving a sermon on money. I've given like 18 at Village Church. Okay. <laughs> never once has somebody said, I'm offended, that was too much. And I I I try to preach the weight of what scripture says. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you where I've gotten feedback, where I've gotten emotions. It is on serving sermons. I've had people in tears. I've had people like frustrated with me. I've had people say, you don't know how busy my life is. It has been very interesting to watch the uh, resistance to serving. People in, we'll say, middle, upper class, suburban Chicago would rather give their money money, than their time. Time is the new money. Mm -hmm. So, as I say all that, if I were to look at most non Christians and say, like, what do Christians do? Yeah. I'd be like, here are like some fundamentals that like are non negotiable. We worship every week with God's people. Yes. We study the Bible and we pray every day. Yeah. We we fill our minds with truth. Yep. We're connected and we we we're connected with other Christians in fellowship. We yeah. go to a small in smaller group. groups. Um, I give tons and tons of money away yeah. all the time. And my time. And my time and my resources and yeah. my gifts. And and I serve in our church and outside of our church at right. least once a week, sometimes yeah. more. Like for me, I know for some people, they're like, whoa, that's a lot. I'm like, no, that's the basics yeah. of disciple. Those of are, disciple. and all of these are antidotes to sin. Mm-hmm. So sin in my non-Christian world, like in my, my my pre-Christ life, makes me want to serve myself. Yeah. Serving other people kills that. Uh, in my non-Christian world, I want to hoard my money for myself. Well, generosity and weekly weekly regular giving kills that. Uh, I want to be a loner or be with all my non-Christian friends all the time, and I'm not going to really have accountability to my life. Well, community groups is the antidote to that. Uh, I am influenced by the world and music and radio and TV and all this stuff and all the lies. Well, being in the Word of God and prayer is the antidote to that. Uh, I have so many idols in my life, Mm -hmm. and I give my heart to them. Well, weekly worship is the antidote to that. These are antidotes. They're not just like, they don't just kill the bad, they build the good. That's right. And uh, so as I say all that, like these fundamentals, some people are like, is this a sermon about vision? I'm like, yes. (laughs) Because... The, so vision is about seeing a preferred future, evaluating a current reality, right. and then moving, moving. people How there. How are we going to get there? Right. Sometimes, sometimes vision is about creating something that doesn't exist. Sometimes vision is about resolving a problem that is holding you back. Sure. One of the problems is mature Christians who've been walking with Jesus for a long time. They're not even doing the fundamental mm-hmm. antidotes. And they wonder why they're becoming more worldly, more busy, more burdened, more stressed, less focused, less intentional about Mm -hmm. the mission of the church. Frustrated when somebody says, could you serve once a week? Me? Me? Do you know how busy I am? (laughs) Like those attitudes, they're all indicators that the antidotes aren't being taken to kill selfishness inside of us. So my big picture is vision, go multi-site, grow small, make disciples. Uh, We will spend as much time as we can making these realities happen, encouraging people, not using guilt, mm-hmm. but hopefully by the spirit of God, giving them a compelling vision of what God wants to do in their life through these things. And uh, again, I've got about 30 microvisions that I'm like <laughs> secretly yes. working on, you know, and I know we all do, 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 yes, we do. and uh, I, I prefer not to say them before the Lord kind of frees me to like, you know, talk mm-hmm. about them. Cause sometimes I have to pray about them really for a year or two, mm-hmm. uh, again, not daily, but you know, every month or two they come up and I write them down and I'm like, oh Yeah. Is still what he wants. I don't know. Right. So, anyways, I hope that helps people. Well,
1: listeners, thanks for joining us today. Please come back next time. We're going to talk a little bit more about vision and specifically the vision for Village Church of Bartlett in 2017. Please join us next time.